Step into HR success with AIM HR Solutions. As your trusted partner, we are here to empower you on your HR journey, whether your team is small, in transition, or simply seeking extra support. Introducing our dynamic contract HR services, designed to bring ease and efficiency to your operations. Imagine the peace of mind knowing you have a dedicated partner handling compliance, employee relations, and so much more. Let AIMHR Solutions be your guiding light toward HR success. Visit aimhrsolutions.com for more information. Welcome to Human Solutions, simplifying HR for people who love HR from AIMHR Solutions on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright. This week, we're talking about a topic making waves in the corporate world and setting human resource departments on their toes, an audacious, unapologetic, and strikingly public phenomenon known as loud quitting. Unlike the quiet quitting that we've talked about before, where employees quietly slip away, loud quitting takes center stage. It's the act of not just leaving a job, but orchestrating a grand exit, voicing discontent, and sometimes causing turmoil even before the final curtain call. It's not just about quitting, it's about making a statement. And today, we dissect what this means for organizations and HR professionals alike. To help out, Terry Cook, our Senior Vice President of Employer Services, and Tom Jones, our very own attorney specializing in labor and employment matters, join me to share what you need to know about the slamming doors of the loud quitter. Tom and Terry, it's been so long. It's like the whole band is back together. I know. It's great. It is. Uh, you, you guys, I'd like to start with a with a statement. I have prepared a statement. I've been having some thoughts over our break about quiet quitting, which I think may help to lead us into this conversation on loud quitting. If I may, do I have your permission? All right. It strikes me that over the last several months since we have gone quiet, the media has run amok with quiet quitting as a buzzword, and it's out of control. It, it could very well be that looking at employees who are doing their jobs, being compensated as they were agreed to be compensated for it, are being labeled as quiet quitters. They are labeled as quiet quitters because they are, quote, not inspired. They're, these are good people. These are good people. And just because they don't bleed your company colors the way you might think they should, that doesn't mean you're not getting the best out of them. Let them do their jobs. They're not quiet quitting. Just stop it. Business Insider, I'm looking at you. This is bananas. I We did a whole episode on quiet quitting, and I think we covered the sort of complexities of quiet quitting, that there might be quiet people doing their jobs well, and they don't wear a lot of logos. That doesn't mean they're on their way out the door. It just means they're doing their job being paid for it. Today, we're talking about the opposite. I am so curious how this has happened. This loud quitting phenomenon has taken over social media uh, and to the point where you both are here doing an episode on it. Tell me what you're thinking about loud quitting. And I guess I should give you the opportunity to rebuke any of my opening statement on quiet quitting. <laughs> Who would like to go first? Well, I'll just make one quick statement, then Terry can take over. But one of the things Terry and I were talking about beforehand was the, you look at the numbers, the numbers say 50% are doing quiet quitting and almost 19% are doing loud quitting. The 50% is half the workforce. And for neither of us, that struck us as a realistic number. It seems very, very high. You know, so 
I don't know what the number is. I have no idea what where it belongs, but it seemed very, very high. But I think this is what gets us. This is why it's a point of contention, because it is such a high number that it just screams absurdity. It screams that people who are doing their jobs are being mislabeled as quiet quitters for one reason or another. Terry? I know. I agree. I think, as Tom said, we were just having the conversation and it does seem like a high number when you're taking quiet quitting and loud quitting, which leaves you less than 30 percent of the people that supposedly like being at work every day. And those are all the managers who are complaining about either quiet quitters (laughs) or loud quitters. (laughs) That's right. I mean, one interesting thing that's come out of the pandemic is this incredible focus on work again Mm -hmm. as a as a activity at work, you know, and the concerns about work, about employees about the changing dynamics of control in the workplace in a way that we haven't thought about in decades. You know, really, it seems like haven't thought, talked about work in a long, long time. But now everyone's focused on, you know, studying workplace, all these trends. They're always looking for some new trend, some new right. development. Something to publish. And Right. And so I don't know. Yeah. And haven't we all seen like this is 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 this really a new trend, first of all, or did we just find a buzzword to attach to it? Uh, So set the stage. Terry, I'll ask you first, set the stage for for loud quitting and how it came to this show. Um, And and then we'll we'll dig into some of the detail. Sure. So loud quitting is really a person acting out very actively disengaged, somebody that wants to express their disgust with their job or the company to anybody that will listen, whether that be to coworkers to try to get them upset and affect their productivity, or whether they just go right to TikTok or social media, Instagram, anywhere else where they can get an audience of people that are listening to them talk about all of their um, complaints about their job and or the workplace, their manager. So I think that has started to happen. You know, a lot, as you said, Pete, could contribute to that. One is people like an audience. Um, So if they think they can have the audience on social media or in the workplace, they know that they're going to get the attention that they're seeking. Um, You know, two, it certainly could be uh, the company's fault. You know, maybe this person was trying to raise concerns quietly at first and nobody listened. And they felt like, okay, now I need the audience. Now I need to make sure my my coworkers know so that we can get some reaction from the company or, you know, maybe the general public needs to know about my company so that I can see results. I mean, it could really be a combination of a lot of things, I'm sure. We do have a word for that, though, isn't it? It's whistleblower. Like if you're at that point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aren't, you, aren't you in a different yeah. And if it's legitimate, yeah. yeah I mean, right. if it's legitimate. And I think we talked about this with the quiet quitting you know, it is important to check on the engagement of your workforce because the labor market's tough. I yeah. mean, it's it's hard to replace people that could f- make somebody maybe feel more empowered to speak up because they know that they'll be able to turn around and find a job someplace mm-hmm. else if this employer takes action against them. Um, but it could be the employer just not listening and they feel like there's strength in numbers. So if I bring a bunch of my coworkers forward with me, the company's not going to have a choice but to listen to my concerns. Um, so, I mean, it's certainly not all to be blamed on the person making the complaints. It could be a combination, I guess, of many things. The other thing that connects to that, I think, is there's been a tremendous union drive over the last few years, be it Amazon, TJ's, mm-hmm. uh, T- Trader Joe's, um, a variety of different stores and businesses. So I think there's a little bit more of a culture, cultural shift in which there's an awareness that Maybe as Terry was saying about strength in numbers, 
if multiple people speak up and make the point and they do it on social media, maybe they're not going to go as far as organizing a union, but they want to have their voice heard. Mm -hmm. And so then the real question really becomes, how will companies respond to that? You know, because you can't keep losing employees. You've got to hold on to your employees. And I mean, if you constantly lose your employees, you look at what's the culture of that workplace. You know, and people people are going to put information out on the glass doors of the world, or the Indeeds, or the all the other you know job sites to say this place is a great place to work or a poor place to work, and here's why. And companies need to be able to get ahead of that, and I think figure out what's the way to you know when they get, when you come forward with a complaint as an employee, how do we respond? Do we listen to you? Do we, mm -hmm. you know, we can't, maybe we can't do everything because everything's impossible, but we at least listen and take steps to show that, you know, these are concerns. We understand that. Maybe it's money, maybe it's working conditions, maybe it's benefits, maybe it's um, hours, who knows what it might be, but there's some way to respond to people out there that is necessary. Yeah. And more studies are showing that the company culture is what people are focusing on, you know, more and more of the people coming out of college, looking for work, but even people that have been in the workplace for years, there's just been this focus on company culture and finding somebody that really appreciates you. Um, so I do think that's part of, you know, what Tom's referring to as well. Like you guys are in sort of the center of the feedback of membership uh, at, at AIM. And I'm curious how often you hear instances from members that indicate there is a loud quitting situation that is potentially damaging for the organization, right? Is it as high amongst the membership as it, as, you know, going by the, the Gallup research or the Business Insider articles would indicate? I, I mean, Terry and I work on the helpline, which is the, you know, the phone line where members call in and ask for um, insights and, you know, information about particular laws. I, it's hard to see it that high. Then maybe they don't come to us for those questions, which is a possibility as well. They might go somewhere else or just keep it to themselves. I can't imagine going to anybody else than you guys, Tom. I can't imagine. <laughs> what world is I that? Mean, we do not live might, in that world. They might, they might keep it to ourselves, though, you know, Terry does a great deal of recru recruiting, so they may actually be a little more open with her than they would with me because I tend to do more of the compliance stuff. But the reality is, I don't think the numbers are, you don't hear it is that high. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. No, and I don't. I don't think it's a new term either. To Pete, yeah. your your earlier comment, I think employees being upset or complaining, it might not have been called loud quitting before, but it's been in existence. So I do yeah. not think it's a new concept for human resources departments. So they may not be calling with, "Oh my goodness, there's a brand new thing going on here called <laughs> loud quitting," and have you heard? And of I this, need Terry? you to solve it. <laughs> So. <laughs> we should come up with a podcast with the, naming the next new trend. Yes. You know, That's a good that one. should be our uh, end of year review is what is the next big trend yeah, exactly. going to sweep through HR. Exactly. Let me ask a question a different way. Is loud quitting mitigated at all by organizations with increased work from home programs or the, the other way, I guess, is loud quitting exacerbated right now? by this sort of current trend to rework teams that have for a long time now been working separately. Could this be a result of people working together all of a sudden again? You know, I, I guess it could be. I some think of some of the articles I've read is also that some of these complaints that are coming up are because people are very angry. They have to go back into yeah. the office. 
So it's almost like the reverse. They wanted to be back home. (laughs) And so it's not about being together. It's about physically having to go back to the office. And some of the stress I think you hear from the big cities like San Francisco, New York, maybe Boston, other places, a lot of businesses have a great deal of real estate and they want that real estate occupied Mm -hmm. and with the workers. And if the workers refuse to go back, I mean, you see stories about San Francisco being sort of emptied out. Yeah. In the, you know, as a result of workers not wanting to be downtown. So that could be part of the stress within the, you know, management and labor as well. The management and workers is that we want you here. You know, we want to do more things at least a few days a week. We want you downtown. And they're saying no. Yeah, that that's part of the challenge, I wonder, is the massive sort of erupting ideological gap between, you know, management and, you know, senior management. CEOs as the voice of this kind of you've got to come back to work uh, uh, crusade and the people who are really feeling good about where they are. And uh, that's that seems to be when it it feels like that's the thing to look out for. And I wonder how that plays into strategy for HR teams in terms of recommendations for internal communications, how you handle communications to teams probably matters what Facebook you put behind these messages probably matters just how you know what the natural divide is between senior leadership and and teams so let's talk then a little bit about the uh, you know what some of these issues are and how HR pros listening to this can craft a, a response to loud quitting trends I mean I think one of the points Terry made earlier about listening to your workforce, in trying to engage with them. Because one of the issues you do hear a lot is about disengagement, mm-hmm. which could be called separation or isolation or whatever the term might be. And so figuring out how you're going to engage, which is listening to your employees in a meaningful way, seems like the t- a time well spent to create that strategy to begin with. You know, if you're, if you're struggling getting people to come to work, if you're getting struggling getting to recruit, if you're struggling with any, or people are quitting and they're quitting in a loud, boisterous way, it would seem that you've got to figure out, uh, you know, exit interviews might be one simple thing, but people don't always tell the truth and they're heading out the door. And, yeah. you know, just might tell you what you want to know just to get re- get away from you. And then you've got these other challenges about how can you keep your existing workforce, you know, opinion surveys, maybe that works, but maybe there's got to be some new different way to listen that we haven't really um, fully developed yet. I think people are starting to do stay interviews, you know, as far as extending, you know, the exit interview concept, like Tom said, if somebody's out the door, they may or may not bother to talk to you. But a stay interview, talking to people about what it is that they do like about their job, about their workplace, um, what suggestions they might have, what they want to talk about. Again, it's opening the communication line. Um, And the other thing that Tom referred to as well is, you know, some people become disengaged because they've tried to make concerns or complaints and they're not listened to. So a manager or supervisor knows somebody's complaining, ignores it and figures, well, I can ignore it. It'll go away. And instead they start to get louder when all they had to do is either listen to the person or get human resources involved and just bring that person in and just say, listen, I understand you have some concerns. I've been hearing it from your coworkers or I've been hearing it from your manager or supervisor you know, what is it that's concerning you? What kind of solutions do you have? Don't just bring all your problems to us. Let's talk about how you see everything getting resolved 
to the point where you're happy and some of your coworkers are happy if you feel like they're also complaining. Excellent point. But but Terry, I shouldn't have to do your job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you can repeat. you can sort of hear yeah, you when you can't read their minds. You can't but read yes, their minds. Right. But mm-hmm. if you're if they're more comfortable complaining because that's the hallmark of a loud quitter. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. At, at, yeah. At, at what point do you have strategies as managers, line managers, department managers? How do HR managers train up the the management ranks on dealing with the people who are obstructionist to their own best interests? Yeah, and it is training. I mean, yeah. it's training to your point, training your managers and supervisors. A lot of it is, you know, we've talked about this in pad, past podcasts. People always promote somebody that might be good technically at their job, but they're not giving them the management skills to be good at being a manager. And part of that is listening. Part of that is open communication. You know, part of that is being responsive to your workforce. It's not just pretending that nothing's happening because it'll go away. Um, So I do. I think a lot of it, to your point, is training. It's talking to people about how you do handle it. I think in the last few years, especially, we've seen a lot on the media about people wanting to be heard, people wanting to be recognized, people wanting to be feeling like inclusive in their work environment. Um, and I think what we're talking about is potentially happening out there when people are not responding and listening is obviously completely against what they're looking for. Quiet quitting is different than, I think, turnover rates. You know, a turnover rate is I actually leave the company. And I haven't seen too, too much data on what those rates are. I don't know if you have, Terry, on what actual turnover rates are, but that would be a real indicator. If my company were facing, I don't know, 20, 25% turnover, I'd probably be quite worried. If it was facing 2 or 3% turnover, I mean, I, that's life. It's pretty normal, you know, yeah. Pe- yeah. People look for new jobs, they get new jobs or family circumstances or whatever, they, they transition. Mm-hmm. So that would seem like something you'd want to dig deeper in on what's going on with the company. Is there, you know, people actually leaving? Yeah. To your very early point about quiet quitting, people are just doing their job and, you know, they're not all rah, 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 because they're just doing their job. They're quietly mm-hmm. working. <laughs> that's, <laughs> exactly. That's okay. They're doing that's right. their they're, job. Yes. Right. They're, they're answering the phone. They're making the sales. Yeah. They're yeah. putting the pieces together. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And the company thrives because of that. And On I the, think there's you know, a lot of things you can do. I mean, I do think that people want to be heard. People want some kind of response from a company they want, they know they have options. They know what they want because of the last three years have shown them that they can be hybrid or they can be remote. And if they feel like nobody's listening to what they want, they know the labor market. They may have to go find something someplace else. The economy has changed significantly where some people might be speaking up because they need more money to pay their bills. And a company is also suffering because their business is down and trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to keep their doors open, their people employed, but also make sure that they have a, a way to live their lives and pay their bills. So I think there's a lot going on at the same time right now. And I think I think there's, there's a lot going coming at, pe- at people that are working. There's a lot coming at people that are managers and businesses. So the loud quitting, the quiet quitting, all of that, as you said at the beginning, they're, they're labels that have been assigned to things that have probably been going on. For many years, it's just they're getting different attention now, and there's maybe a little bit more added to it in the actions of the people at at work because they feel like they're able to do it. Mm -hmm. For the the employee that is 
would be characterized as a loud quitter, right? Um, the employee that is troublesome to the organization, to morale, to the teams. Is there a legal intervention that's available? I, I, I mean, we don't go around just firing people for, you know, being annoying on the job. Uh, but what is hopefully. the... <laughs> hopefully they're, they're, they're happier than that. But w- what role does the law play in, in mitigating quiet quitting? That's a struggle in a lot of states. You know, the, you think about harassment or um, discrimination actions. So if that occurs, if, you know, a manager is all of a sudden targeting a member of a protected class based on race, age, sex, religion, something like that, then disability status, then that becomes a legal issue. But I th- from what I've been reading about this, that isn't necessarily the case. Most of these cases, is, um, bullying is not illegal in most states which is probably closer to where it would be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if someone's abusing coworkers by yelling at them and telling them, you know, make, abusing them in all sorts of different ways, perhaps. But there could be a complaint. But I haven't seen too too much legal out there yet on this issue. I don't know, Terry, have you? No, I think what, you know, one of the things when we have, we to- do talk to members about it, you know, you can't just randomly fire somebody for just complaining or making noise. You know, you really have to look into it. You know, a lot of times we hear, well, there's employment at will. I'll just terminate anybody I want. Um, And it exists, but there's other laws that kind of go ahead of it Mm -hmm. usually. So you want to make sure you're making a case for any type of termination. So again, it's, it's about listening, talking it out, finding out what's going on, finding out if there is a solution and getting to the solution together. Because I think ideally, People that have invested time, both the employee invested in the company and the company investing time and training and and getting the employee up to speed, you know, they don't necessarily want the end result to be somebody leaving. I think one of the other struggles you see as we're talking about this is that for a lot of managers, they're juggling a million different balls at once. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to deal with productivity. They've got to deal with the general management. And now they're being this other idea thrust upon them that they're now going to have to be to a, a part of keeping people happy within the organization, retaining workers in a way that perhaps they hadn't previously done. So you're putting, I think, a lot of pressure on managers as well. You know, the lower, the frontline managers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, is saying that you know they've got to be, very, we want them very alert to what trends they're seeing within their departments. We want them to be a, a door, open door to listening to people as they come forward. And we want them to be able to go to HR and craft a strategy to try and help hold folks there, apart from doing their job. That's a lot for a lot of managers, yeah. too, I think. And I don't know to what extent the, some of the low-level frontline managers are part of the quiet quitters, the loud quitters. Well, I was wondering yeah. that. At what point do you, uh, you know, does who makes the call when the manager is the issue? Yeah. I think that's a real challenge for companies, too, is that, you know, because a lot of companies are trying to run lean operations. Right. And, you know, the leaner you run the operation, the fewer managers there are. So if I have only Terry to go to, and as I'm one of 30 people, she's going to get overwhelmed, you know, at some point because she's got to do her regular job plus all this other mm-hmm. um, responsibility. We have talked through this idea of, uh, in past episodes, this idea of cross-training, right? Making sure you don't get sort of leadership stranded. Mm-hmm. Talk through that and how that applies in a case like this, Terry. Yeah. So cross training, like if you have somebody that's super talented and they're making a big deal out of everything and anything, and they're one of the loud quitters and you don't have anybody to do their job, 
then some people almost feel like they're held, you know, held to um, a restriction of sorts because they're not able to replace that person's talent. So now they can't take action and, you know, puts them in a very difficult situation. So if you're looking at your workforce and cross-training your workforce, even if somebody can't do somebody's full job, at least you know that there's somebody that can step in until you're able to hire somebody to replace that person. Because, you know, sometimes, let's face it, you're asking whether people can legally, um, you know, should legally terminate. Sometimes there's a scenario where on both sides, it's just not a fit anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't want to be forcing somebody to stay just because they have the technical skills when you know that they don't want to be there anymore. And you really don't want somebody there that doesn't want to be there anymore. So being able to understand that, but also be able to be proactive as a company and making sure that you have some type of person that can at least do a temporary backfill until you're able to replace them. Um, You know, the cross training piece um, would be very, very important. Time consuming, but important. (laughs) I have one more question, and it's it's. Uh, it's about this idea of office environment, right? And we're talking about these individual loud quitters. But Terry, you brought up office culture. I'm wondering how far office culture goes by creating more uh, opportunities for the teams to bond, to be together, to learn more about one another that can go toward softening the overall environment that would otherwise lead toward loud quitting. I think that's a really good point, because as you mentioned earlier, there's still hybrid workforces. There's still some remote. There's still some mix of people coming in. It's important to make sure everybody's engaged. Everybody knows each other. Everybody knows how to communicate with each other so that nobody does feel left out Mm -hmm. and they don't feel included in their workforce, regardless of what type of work they're doing, remote, hybrid or in person. Just somebody that, you know, establishes that culture where everybody finds a way to be heard. Yeah. And this is not a thing about loud or quiet quitting. It's about not losing people on the job right in front of you not losing. Nobody wants that. But, you know, I think everybody to, you know, some of your earlier points, everybody's made a lot of adjustments, whether it's companies or employees over the last three years. And I think everybody's finding a way to to live in that new workforce and the new work world. And everybody's probably just settling in at different paces and trying to understand the best way to build the best work environment. Uh, When's the last time either of you were tempted to loud quit? Terry, I know you've got one. Come on. <laughs> Me personally? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, I believe no, it. I like what I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. I like, the, I like we, we were actually, that was the context we had before. Terry and I were talking about 50% of the people at AIM, would they want to quit? Yeah, right. I can't I mean, imagine. Right. By, by that you know, rate, one of you is on their way out the door right I now. I know it. If I'm on the way, oh, it's, reti- it's retirement. It's retirement, not anything else. But I mean, I, yeah. that you better not my share mind, something on 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 the air here that I don't. Yeah, know. No. breaking news. No, I mean, I wouldn't. I'm trying to think. The last job, I was really that unhappy. I've been very fortunate. My work life since the '80s, I've had very good jobs. That's a long. Yeah. That's a long you know, time to be the, happy. It's a long I know, time. Not no, bad. and I, I think it is. I think a lot of times I can't think of any time I would have wanted to quit in any recent years. But I think if there's any scenarios that have come up over the last X number of years, it's not 
surprising. It's what we read in articles where people have a manager That's it. that might step in. Yeah. And they may make the work environment completely different than what the person thought it was before. And then that changes their mindset, makes them change what they're doing. And or and, and it's a readjustment. Okay. Um, I mean, like Tom said, we're really fortunate. We have a we have a great group of people. We mm-hmm. have a great leader of our department. We have really great people we work with. We all find a way to work together. It's very collaborative. I think that all of that kind of a culture makes people want to stay. Whereas if you're really not being open to new ideas and you're not wanting to listen and collaborate with people, it starts to maybe beat people down a little bit in their mind saying, well, they don't care that I'm here anyways. So, right. you know, why right. why bother each and every day? And I think, again, we're fortunate that we don't have that in our workspace, but we've certainly heard it, Tom, you know, in different meetings Absolutely. that we go to when we talk to other companies where that's actually, you know, one that comes to mind specifically is somebody that came forward and said, you know, my boss isn't listening to a word I say. I don't even know why I come in every day. Um, because I don't feel like I'm valued at all. And I, you know, so you can see that kind of comment leading to the loud quitting, (laughs) depending on the position the person's in. And if you're, if you're doing any sort of assessment of your managers and the training they need, I, I just can't help but take what you just said, Terry, never underestimate the impact of a single manager, right? right. There's an enormous, enormous impact that a single human can have on the organization. Well, and that's what the stay yeah. interviews help with. Right. You know, if you start hearing people talking a lot, you know, usually if you're hearing so much, there's something there. Yeah. So if you're doing a stay interview and you're talking to people and you find out, oh, my gosh, this this talented, skilled manager. We think and see great. And then their employees are seeing a different person. Yes when they're interacting with them, let's yeah. feel figure out how to handle that. And and to to be honest, I think that's where a lot of our clients come in from coaching is because they may have that manager that they really like. Yeah. And instead of walking away from everything with them and the employee, <clears throat> let me coach that person. Let me see if we can help them to communicate better. And we've been fortunate enough to hear a lot of good success stories from those coaches. So, um, so it just depends on what the company wants to be open to and what they want to do to maintain their, uh, their current employment population and how they want to respond uh, to the employees, which as Tom mentioned, could be on social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's probably no. on Tom's TikTok page. TikTok it, it Tom represent. <laughs> as a given, as a given. Yeah. But I mean, but that, that is another issue that companies have to look at so many different fronts. Mm, you know, yeah. the old days, there was a suggestion box and the suggestion box might say, you know, this place is lousy or, yeah. you, you know, fix the time or whatever it might be. Now you've got the suggestion box, plus you've got social media accounts, you've got texting among employees, you've got all these other activities. You've got the, you know, the Indeeds, the LinkedIn's, all those places. You've got a million different places where people can put their complaints or vocalize whatever they want to say. Yeah. So it's a real challenge. Yeah. Well, and by the way, and, a lot of it's protected by the yeah. National Labor Relations Act. So sure, and you can't find. I mean, you're not going to send hire somebody just to watch social media all day. Well, maybe you are, but most companies aren't. Uh, they will do it occasionally. Maybe when they're going to start hiring people, they'll look at what's our reputation out there, things like that. Sure. But they may not be watching it all the time, and maybe that would be helpful if they could. Maybe they, they might be seeing some things out there that. You know, go back to Terry's point about where to, how do you inform themselves better? Yeah. 
For sure. Well, about a particular manager. Those services exist. Contact your PR department if you have one. They know how to do what Tom is talking about. Uh, yeah. And uh, all incredibly useful stuff. Thank you both uh, for doing this. And I, I'm going to say, if you haven't checked out the resources on mhrsolutions.com, uh, you should do that. I imagine right there, Terry, you can learn more, more about those kind of on-demand coaching services right Absolutely. there. We've never, mm-hmm. I don't think we've yeah. ever actually specifically pitched Terry, the coach. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. That's your problem. That's right. You can find Coach Terry. You can find Coach Terry right in there on MHR Solutions. Right. You should definitely do that because there are some fantastic resources in it. They might actually solve those immediate manager training issues for you, get you on the other side of those humps. Keep those loud quitters quietly working. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We've, we've solved some real problems here today, everybody. Thank yeah. you so much. As always, you can find the links and notes about the show at amhrsolutions.com. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are served. On behalf of Terry Cook and Tom Jones, I'm Pete Wright. We'll see you next time right here on Human Solutions, simplifying HR for people who love HR. <laughs>